this is the last time I'm going to say the the episode number. I'm, I, I'm doing the same thing every time. But this is episode 15 of Phone Calls with Mike Q. That's my start. Greetings. Welcome to another episode of Phone Calls with Mike G. I am your host, Mike G. Let me explain the show. I tend to have phone calls with people, uh, artists usually, and we discuss their creative process and how they came up, and today is no different. I had a great conversation with Nika Moore. That's N-I-Q-A-M-O-R. She's a R&B singer um, and just artist from out here on Long Island. Um, I met her many years. I was about to say moons and years, so I said yoons. Many yoons ago, I met her, as you will hear. On the podcast, and uh, we ended up going to the same school, and I'm glad I got to chop it up with her because uh, I think she just released one of her best songs ever called Romeo Must Die. I'm going to play a snippet in just a second, and now is just that second. Here is my interview with Nika Moore. Yeah. This love is star-crossed, you cross me now, you fucked up in a star boy, no I'm bossed up and I'm more than able, bitch, I am the table. Look what I gave you, look what I made you, you put the pussy on house arrest, if you thinking it's your nigga second guess. I was bored with you, I endured with you, I supported you with the loyalty, thinking you ever find more than me, nigga you never find more than me, you ain't gon' never make more than me, 30 and show that you salary, cause I might want it to gallery, sick of your shit that's an allergy, Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, there's always like a weird lapse, right, when I uh, merge calls, but um, how's it going? It's going good. I'm just at home, chilling. That's what's up. Now, for the listeners, by the way, it already started. I start immediately. Oh, my um, goodness. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, All here right. we are. Um, You can say hi to the world right now if you'd like. Hi, world. How's it going? <laughs> Um, home for you is still Long Island? Yes, I live in Long Island still. That's what's up. Um, and that's where you've lived your entire life? I actually used to live in Rosedale, Queens, um, I want to say, uh, when I was born, so around age eight. So, I moved up to Long Island, um, I want to say in seventh grade. So, I would say, how old are you in seventh grade? Twelve, thirteen-ish? Twelve, thirteen, yeah. Yeah. How, when when's your birthday? That would April depend. 16th, April sixteenth. I'm in Aries. So then that means you turned. You were twelve at the beginning. Then you graduated seventh grade at yes. thirteen years old. Yes. Word. And now, for people who aren't aware, Rosedale is literally the. It's the last like area in Queens. It literally <laughs> is because it's like. 
transitioning into, I want to say, Valley Stream. So yeah. it's like, I technically don't get the hood credit. Like, I don't get the credibility. Oh, no, Rosedale, Rosedale is definitely <laughs> it's definitely the hood credit. Uh, you could definitely take that. Yeah, Rosedale could definitely be a little I'm sketchy sometimes. Still getting my street cred, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, because I, um, I actually grew up, my like younger years was in Valley Stream. So, oh, what? yeah, so just, you know, the, uh, the Green Acres Mall is what separated us. I, but, I, remember, um, I played myself and I walked there one summer and it was the worst experience ever. It was so long and so hot oh, yeah. outside. <laughs> yeah, and that, you know, so now, how old are you? I'm 23. 23. So, yeah, so if you walked there when you were younger, Green Acres Mall was still a little, uh, a little sketchy back then. It's gotten yeah, a little better. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, it's definitely not the safest walk, especially, like, the traffic, like, even yeah. Sunrise Highway, forget it. Absolutely. But, um, so, you growing up then, how old, uh, like, when did you start making music and stuff, or not making music, I guess, when did you start singing stuff like that and getting into music? Okay, well, my mom's a cabaret singer, so I've been singing since I was a baby. She would bring me to her vocal lessons, and I was trying to get on stage with her and sing with her. So that's definitely something that's been instilled since a very young age. Um, and I used to do a lot of school pageants, um, plays, um, like neighborhood performances, things like that. And I really started getting into music by writing. I was always very big on poetry and writing. Um, I would write in my class in middle school, and my teachers would always try to take my notebooks from me because I was never paying attention. But yeah. um, I, re I really started recording around 14. Um, my dad, I asked him for an 8-track, which is, like, weird because, you know, who uses an 8-track in, you know, like, 20 or 2010? Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I had asked him for one, and he was like, you know, why don't we go to a garage band? Um, not garage band, I'm sorry. What's that place? Uh, Sam Ash. Sam Ash. Okay, and he was like, so um, now, do you want to hear something hilarious? Let's hear it. I don't know if you know who you're talking to, I which sounds almost threatening. <laughs> I know. I yeah, I'm the one who sold you that microphone. You I was me. working at Sam Ash at the time. I have your name saved in my phone. You still have that same number. <laughs> I, yeah, Maybe. so I was working at Sam Ash. And you bought that microphone from me. So you know what? I have to definitely give you credit for <laughs> a big portion of my career. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. No, but yeah, because I remember you um, came in, and I was um. There's there's really only two people who I met from my time at Sam Ash where I was immediately impressed and was like, okay, let me take notice. And it was uh, you and one Tate Carter from Uniondale. Oh, wow. Um, but with you, you came in and you bought the microphone. I think it was uh, uh, Bluebird. It was, uh, it was Bluebird. A U it was. Yeah. It was the USB Bluebird. And, um, yeah, you were just like, yeah, you know, I'm getting into music. And I was making beats. And I actually just, um, I was making beats with one of my friends whose name is Jimmy O'Neill, 
who went to Malvern High School, and he ended up knowing your older sister. I I don't have an older sister, so you don't. I don't know that's, that's a, I don't know if that's credible, but oh shit! No, I'm did the he, Did he lie to me? <laughs> oh, then maybe he just knew a sister. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, you I mean, you. I have cousins that went to Malvern, so maybe he just assumed. Oh yes, and it it was definitely somebody. I think he was in. So maybe it was a cousin. It was somebody related to you, regardless. And that's that's possible for sure. And we actually sent you a beat. I'm pretty sure in like 2010, and you recorded a hook to the beat. I remember. And yeah, and he uh, he's actually sent it to me recently. So if you if you do want to hear that throwback, I could send it to you. All right, but we're gonna do that off the air because you know. I don't oh, know. of course. <laughs> I don't know. What <laughs> that, but, was, that was rough. But now that we're now that we're past memory lane, you get that microphone sold by one of the greatest salesmen. No, I'm just kidding. I sucked at that job. But you bought the microphone, and now yeah. you start. It, it, you so you, now you're able to put your writing down in audio form. That was definitely an interesting experience because um, I'm tracking myself on GarageBand. I'm, you know, really experimenting with my voice, and I think that that's something that's important to be able to do. Um, you have to have that time to really develop your craft and understand what your voice can do, what it can't do, what you like, what you don't like. And having that, um, those years to really develop that allowed me to really build my confidence and my sound. Word. And that was, yeah, because you you need to find your voice. Um, a lot of people, you know, you could hear your voice out loud and you think, oh, I sound great. And then you put it on, you know, you sing over a microphone and you realize, you know, oh, I'm, I suck. <laughs> and I need to, you know, it, it definitely points out your flaws. Um, and that's why I always suggest people get microphones, even if it's just, for practicing purposes, just so you can find, like, when you find your voice on mic, it definitely allows you to grow more as an artist. For sure. So now you're just looking up beats and stuff like that and singing to that, or are you, uh, are you trying to make your own stuff, or how, how does that work? I was a sound click artist. Like, I literally, I was, like, downloading as many things as I could off of sound click, YouTube, and, um... I felt like that was pretty limiting. Uh, after a while, it became, you know, you can write to as many instrumentals as you want, but when you're looking to create a sound that you've never heard before or experiment more, it kind of it kind of limited me. But I would say for anybody starting out, definitely write to beats that are like that you like, that are fun. Write to instrumentals. Write to pretty much anything that you can get your hands on. Just to you know, those were the hungry days when I really, really wanted to write. And um, yeah. I feel like I still am hungry now, but it's just a, a different hunger for creation where I know that I can't just take an MP3 and write over it. It's not going to satisfy me. So what is the studio session for Nika Moore now? Um, right now, it starts off with me kind of sitting down with somebody in person, creating from scratch. Uh, usually the person that I'm in with, I like to freestyle everything and kind of just get my feelings out. Um, once that's kind of on wax and I like it melodically, then I go back and dissect. I chop out the parts I like, I don't like. And once the melody is strong enough, then I can really start putting words to it. And then sometimes I might have the words already, 
um, because I wrote a poem and I'm able to take the poem and apply it to the right beat. But it has to be like the perfect marriage. Yeah. So you're writing... So you're writing poetry regularly, not to beats or anything like that? Yes. Um, I usually keep a notepad in my phone or I have like a small notebook I always keep on me in my purse and um, wherever I am, if I have an idea, I'm either making a voice note, voice note or I'm I'm writing it down in my notepad, essentially, with the intention of taking from it at some point. Word. That's interesting that you're able to take a poem or, or words that you already wrote and then apply it to a melody that you freestyle later. Now, you had that, what is it, the interlude freestyle? Intermission. Intermission freestyle, sorry. And, um... Was that, what, the reason why you put freestyle, is that because you were able to just kind of, is that all one thing, like, you know what I'm saying? Or did you go back and change words around? So the reason I call it a freestyle is because um, originally when I started writing it, I just had a beat, and I was writing it with the intention of, oh, let me just post a video clip, you know, just to show people how I operate in the studio. So I started off freestyling. And then um, the, the videographer, Brandon Todd, who I was with, he was like, yo, that's hot. I feel like you need to make that an actual song. And I'm like, really? Like, I kind of just wrote these, you know, eight bars, and that was, you know, all I intended to be. He's like, nah, I love it. Like, I think you should, like, go full out. And from there, um, it was a process. I wrote some of that in the car in college at Old Westbury, and then I freestyled the rest of it at the studio. So... Um, I would say the energy of that is very, I didn't intend for this to be a song. It's freestyle. It's it's me just getting my feelings out unapologetically. And I feel like freestyle kind of has that connotation. Word. That's what's up. Oh, yeah, I was, I was curious about that because I saw freestyle and, you know, now I was just connecting it with what you were just saying. But now another thing I want to mention is Old Westbury. I'm also an alum of Old West by uh, of Old Westbury, and uh, I saw you, you used to be like with, with the inner circle crowd. Yeah. Uh, Chad Law, not Chad Law on HD. Yeah, um, Chad on HD. Yeah. Um, but I know at, while you were at Old Westbury, you were focusing on other kinds of art, also, right? Yes, I actually graduated with a visual arts degree. Um, a minor in electronic media. That's what's up. So do you incorporate, because I mean, I know I, you know, I've watched your, uh, your music videos and I see, um, your Instagram and stuff like that. You're taking a lot of pictures. Uh, usually you're the model of the pictures and obviously you're the center of the, the music videos, but have you thought about incorporating your own visual art or do you, you know, like what, how does, how do you incorporate that with your music? Well, I would say that when it comes to my music, I'm already incorporating it because all the graphic art that you see for my projects or my singles are done by me, um, except for Romeo Must Die, which was done by um, somebody else. But in most circumstances, I'm always creating the treatment for the videos. I'm creating the artwork for my page. or I'm designing it with my friend Jordan, and we're coming up with ideas. Um, a lot of it is just kind of organically coming from me. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, having a multimedia background is important because as an artist, there's always uh, a need for art, of course. So yeah. 
cover art, album art, you have videos, you have pictures, you have Instagram, and I'm just really using those platforms to kind of show what I can do talent-wise. Uh, the Romeo Must Die video, I edited myself. Um, oh, word. It's just, it's just something that uh, I'm good at, and I've learned to hone that craft in college, and I think that it helps me to expand my brand. I also think that that's important to be said because a lot of people, uh, a lot of artists in particular, think that, you know, oh, I don't need school because blah, 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 I'm going to be a rapper, I'm going to be a singer, I'm gonna, whatever it is. And um, they don't see the bigger picture where, you know, you didn't go to school for music per se, but it's absolutely helping you in your pursuit. And it is. And, and, and I've edited, you know, I've, I've been editing from high school. So, you know, I kind of went to school and I was like, yo, like, I already know how to do this. This is a waste of time. But I realized that, um, kind of them guiding me and helping me to refine my work and make it cleaner was, I think that's what I experienced in college for sure. And it's also learning how to deal with uh, opinionated people, professors, people who aren't necessarily going to love everything you do. It helps you to stick in your skin. And I think as artists, we definitely need that. Absolutely. Um, by the way, I'm very impressed that you edited the Romeo Must Die video. Um, you know, I, I've, I've paid attention to your progression as an artist and everything like that over the last, uh, well, apparently over the last eight years. But, you know, <laughs> more so in the last, I would say like five years or so. Like, I, I check um, I'm Hop and stuff like that, and I see that I was sharing some of your stuff back, um, back then, maybe like five, six years ago. But um, Romeo Must Die is... Probably, probably your best work. If I do, if I had to be honest, like that's probably my favorite thing that I've heard, which is awesome because it's. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's the latest uh, latest song and video. Well, I'm sure you've made songs since then, but that that's your latest release, right? You haven't released yeah, anything that's else. My, that's my latest release. Yeah, because it came out uh, probably like a month, month and a half ago. You, you finished off the year with it. Um, what was that song like? What, what was the creation like behind that song? Um, I would say that the creation behind that one specifically is just pure emotion. It's um, taking a circumstance that you go through and being able to put it in your music and not give a, you know, if I can curse, I would, but... <laughs> you absolutely can curse. Okay, not give up. <laughs> you really have to just... Um, I think it's a point for me where it's like, you know, I'm so used to, maybe I wouldn't say intermission was like my breaking point where I really wanted to like show that I can be emotional on record and be vulnerable. And then I think um, Romeo Must Die kind of just was like the the last straw for me where I was finally able to say, you know what, like I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to settle for what's happening in in my relationship at the time. And yeah. um, that was definitely influential to me, um, and it helped other people as far as them being able to just be strong and not really put up with Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's great to hear that you said you're ta basically you're, you're taking the inspiration from your actual relationship, which was actually going to be my next question. Uh, is that is that a, like where a lot of your inspiration comes? Uh, because 
obviously a lot of your songs, as a lot of R&B songs are, um, love, intimacy, sex, and all that gets tied up in that genre. Um, does your personal relationship, is that a main influence with the music that you, uh, or with the words that you come up with? I would say that it was the main influence. And I also think that um, I have a way of romanticizing life. And I'm, I have a very uh, fantasy-based mind where maybe it's not necessarily reflective of what the relationship was, but it was an extension of that or yeah. an extension of what my fantasies were at the time or things that I wanted or things that I perceived things to be. So I would say that it's definitely a mixture of, let's say, a good 90% reality and then a 10% exaggeration. Yeah, and that, that's, a good, uh, that's a good balance because, you know, every based-on-a-true-story movie has some romanticism and fantasy in it because, you know, it needs to be entertaining as well. You can't just talk about, you know, well, of course, but uh, for as far as Romeo Must Die goes, that's a hundred percent real. So those are, that's a hundred percent real. Well, that's that's definitely you know it's pretty apparent. Well, I mean, I said it was probably my favorite song of yours, and I I didn't even say probably. I said it was my favorite song. So I guess your hundred percent honesty is what came through with that. Um, what's next? I think what's next for me is I want to really take some time to figure out what what the next sound is. I'm really about reinventing myself and coming up with fresh ways to, to kind of bring Nika Moore to the forefront to show you mm. what I'm working on and what I'm doing. I think Romeo Must Die was a little bit different for me because this is the first time that people are really seeing me in a more aggressive light where maybe, I, you know, I've put out a ton of R&B slow songs and people love them. You're, you're basically rapping. Yeah, in, in, mean, a yeah, in a way. In a way. Not necessarily rapping, but it's pretty much. It, it's so, rap influenced, but yeah. I feel like melody and um, melody is always going to have my heart, and R&B is always going to have my heart. And I'm just trying to find a way to really, like, create a sound that's, you know, not limiting, where I can express myself in many ways, whether it's rap and furthering my skill there and becoming, you know, better at that or maybe mm. just better at being a vocalist or finding a way to really just bring both as a hybrid and perfect that sound. Who's been inspiring you now um, with what you've been listening to or, or watching or anything like that? I get a lot of my inspiration from visuals. So I've been watching a lot of old 90s movies on Netflix. Or just really Hence, kind of watch Romeo Must Die. Yes, for sure. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, I think it's, um, I just have an, an arsenal or like an, an archive of movies that I've loved and I've grown up watching and I didn't really get how they resonated with me until I became an adult. And then as you're rewatching them, you're like, wait a minute, I kind of see metaphors in movies and in, in, in television that kind of relate to my life. And I think that's inspiring to me because I feel like my life is a movie sometimes, like I say in the song. So yeah, uh, I kind of see a lot of things playing out in my real life like they would in a movie, and it's kind of just comical to me, and I think that's really where my inspiration has been from. But I also like, love listening to artists like Miguel, Frank Ocean. Um, I love Drake. I love, you know, a little bit of everything that's going on right now, and it's just, you know, seeing where they're at and, you know, what inspires yeah. them and kind of 
you know, not being afraid to learn from other artists to understand how to grow. And now, production-wise, what do you, uh, are you working with the same, I, I know you work with uh, BMC. Yes. That's who did Romeo Must Die, right? Yes, and he also produced the entire Thursday Night Project as well. Um, Nate and I have been working together. We're still going strong. I think we've started something where we built a sound together after just spending a lot of time with each other, and we have a genuine friendship. I think that we're really going to try to push each other to grow further. He's going to push me to grow as an artist, and I'm going to push him to grow as a producer, and I think um, I'm definitely looking to work with other producers as well. It's just really about the right marriage for me, and I think Nate and I have found that. Okay. I'm definitely glad you said that because a lot of people, especially now, you see a lot of, uh, in 2017, you saw almost like a disrespect for producers with the whole, uh, what's his name? Playboy Cardi, where like people weren't putting, you know, respecting the, the producer or Pierre something, which I should know his name because, but then again, people don't respect the producer sometimes. But no, and I think it's important, like, big, big, big shout-out to BMC because, um, you know, without him, I can't really do what I do. And he brings the best out of me. And I think that that's important because, you know, I get a ton of beats in my email, but nothing is going to compare to the relationship that we created just being able to work together. You know, it's more than just the music. It's the conversation. It's, it's the advice. He's seen me cry. He's seen me, you know... He's seen me in a lot of situations, and I think that's how we're able to make music collaboratively because it's a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it basically, when we get, when I get into the studio with some of my friends, I need to be able to sit and have a conversation with them for at least a half an hour before we even start working and just yeah, see where the conversation goes. It's about vibes, and that's where the good music comes from. It's about a vibe. I hate yeah. it you know, getting into a session and somebody's, like, ready to cook right away. It's like, we got to feel each other out because, you know, nine times out of ten, it's not going to work. And that's such an overused term, but it's also so necessary simultaneously. Like, people, I feel like people like to say, oh, you know, we'll talk about vibes and stuff like that. But they, they people overcomplicate things, but in the studio... The vibe is absolutely essential for what is created. If it's, um, like with me, I need to clear off my desk completely before I make anything so I just have my equipment or else, you know, pretty much it needs to be I have my uh, Himalayan salt lamp, I have some incense, I have my equipment, and that's about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't have too many things. For me, I have my, my blue lava lamp, I have some sour straws, and a cranberry juice, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> Word. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody has their thing with with making or with having a podcast. I just drank some Ruboy, Ru, Roybos tea. I never know how to pronounce it. I just know how it's spelled. <laughs> and I have a cup of water, uh, you know, a glass of water. I need to have those things or else the podcast isn't going to go the way I want it to go. <laughs> it is what it is. But obviously what you and Nate have put together is amazing because the Thursday night EP is incredible also. Available, available pretty much everywhere, right? 
streaming. Go get that. It's streaming yeah, everywhere. I, I, I listened to it on uh, on SoundCloud. Um, but I, I think when I when I Googled it, I'm pretty sure it came up like Spotify, Spotify all that, right? Yep, everywhere. Word. Well, I suggest everybody listening, go check out Romeo Must Die. Go check out Thursday Night EP. And then complain to Nika about it only being 15 to 20 minutes long and tell her to release more music because that's what you feel like after it uh, it's over. You're like, oh, man, I want to listen to more. Well, I appreciate it because, you know, I feel like having a five-song EP, I've done, uh, you know, my previous project, Defy, I've done 13 tracks. And, yeah. you know, it's when you're, both, when you're growing a fan base, you really want people to listen to you, to hear you. And I know that, you know, not everybody has the attention span to consume music the way that it was before. It's Absolutely. oversaturated in the market, and it's hard to really get those ears. So if I can get your, you know, 15 minutes of your attention and you want more, you know, that says something to me, like, okay, great, you did a good job. Now, really deliver and continue to deliver to give people product that's quality. You're absolutely correct, because I tell all of my friends who are artists, don't release anything more than three songs, because nobody wants to hear an album anymore, <laughs> which sucks. But, you know, I'm selfish, and I want to hear more songs. I think but, albums can be appreciated. They just have to be, you know, great, and they have to be quality, and that takes time. And if you know that you don't have the right product, you know, you might have to hold off on that and really, um, like, at the time, I don't feel like I have uh, the making of a project yet. It's in the beginning stages. But I want to give you guys music in the meantime, just so you can know that I'm still working and I'm still keeping everybody in mind. And I'm still, you know, looking to make sure that my, my fans are satisfied. Absolutely. Lisa? I really appreciate you calling in. Um, I appreciate you for having me, and congratulations on the podcast. Like, I, I've definitely seen you grow in the uh, in the radio industry, in the media industry, and it's just great to see you're progressing like I'm progressing. It's amazing. I really appreciate it, and I, I am very happy to see you progress from the basically child who bought a microphone from me <laughs> who's now yeah. able to, uh, you know, really make some shit. Like, I, I, I'm not kidding. When, like, I, there's not many people that I was impressed with. You know, there, there's a lot of people who come in, and not that they weren't impressive, you know, there's a lot of musicians out there that I, I, that are cool and I could chop it up with, but there was nobody where I was like, oh, I need to follow this person because I have real faith that something could happen with them. Um, and I want to see their progression. And you, even though you were at a young age, I saw that you, because, yeah, you came in with your dad, and I spoke to both of you, and I was like, yo, you seem, like, really passionate about this. And, like, I, I didn't even know how old you were. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure. at least 16. Yeah, I'm pr and I'm pretty sure your, like, with, with your dad, I, I thought that you guys were, like, friends. Because your dad was super young, too, and I guess you looked mature for your age. So I was like, I, I remember asking, I was like, oh, is this your manager? Because you both seemed very passionate and supportive. And you were like, no, that's my dad. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I was, I was shocked by it. But, yeah. My dad's a writer. He's super supportive. He's super, he's always there for me, always in my corner. You know, I couldn't ask for better parents. I'm just so happy that they support me. Super, you're super fortunate um, because that... You know, a lot of people don't have that, and you have artists 
for parents. So that's definitely, you know, my mom is a musician and she put me onto the violin when I was five. You know, it's like a super appreciative of it, even though at the time I was probably like, oh, I don't want to do this. I want to whatever, play whatever I was playing, video games or something like that. But then I got into it because of that. And now you and me are chopping it up. So, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I really appreciate you calling in and, I appreciate your music, and I appreciate the kind words you just gave me about my podcast. And, yeah, you are always a friend of this podcast, so anytime you're releasing anything, you can hit me back up. Thank you so much. I appreciate your support. And I thank you. <laughs> no problem. And I'll uh, I'll send you uh, that, uh, you know, separately. I won't put it on the podcast. I'll send you that old book that you uh, recorded back in the day. I'd love to hear it. Let's check it out. <laughs> All right. I'll see you. Take care. Bye. If you've listened to all 15 episodes, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Really means a lot. And your support is definitely part of the reason why I'm continuing doing this. I have a lot of people who reach out and say that they're inspired by some of the people that I speak to or entertained. And um, it's fucking awesome. Really appreciate it. And if you can, make sure to subscribe share, tell a friend, anything you could do. It would be uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, shout out to at him Shack. That's me, Shaq Absolute, for the artwork. And Rob McGovern. That's ON3 Track Mind on everywhere uh, for the music. Yeah. Next week, I got this really talented artist named Jordan Fiction. Check him out. Check out his new song, Ultima Clubhouse, on SoundCloud. Very interesting guy. And uh, I invited him over, and we got to chop it up for a little bit. So, um, yeah, that'll be next week. And I think I have fucking super cool guests the week after. But I'll keep that under wraps until it happens. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, reach out. Peace.